What's up, everybody? You're listening to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. So the other day I was talking to a friend on Facebook and I was trying to get someone involved in special education, teachers, assistants, um, and you know something along the lines of educators on the podcast. So I got connected with two people, Leah and Sadija. They both are a part of the Working Educators Caucus. They both are um, what we call paraprofessionals. We'll get into that later on the podcast. I learned a lot about what that is. Um, throughout the podcast, you hear a lot of different acronyms, SPED, BCAs and things like that. Those are all uh, different professions that work with either special education or behavioral issues inside the classroom. And we had a very lengthy discussion on what it means to be represented in the workplace, how these paraprofessionals need adequate pay, adequate training, adequate respect, and essentially equal rights as they go to work every day. They are not paid not even close to on par as some teachers are. They don't have the same benefits and they are being put up with tough conditions where the kids are sometimes, you know, unruly and hard to deal with and hard to manage without the training and then no respect in the classroom from some teachers, not all teachers, but some teachers. And there's just a, an issue with the hierarchy here. We'll dive into a lot of that on the podcast um, and just really break down what a paraprofessional is. What are some of the things that they're asking for as working educators? Because they are educators just as much as teachers and how the public and specifically parents can support their cause. So I've had a lot of people coming to me asking me where I find the time and the space to make all of these podcasts happen. Well, I have to thank the folks at Rec Philly. They provide me the space, the equipment and the networking capacity to make this take off. And it's not just for other podcasts. Other creative individuals use this space as well. We're talking musicians, photographers, anyone that considers themselves a creative individual. So if that's you, head over to Rec Philly. Visit them on Instagram. And if you find yourself wanting a membership, tell them Salah sent you. Let's do a, a quick introduction to each of you ladies. Okay. You are? Oh, my name is Leah Wood. I am a classroom assistant at Feltonville School of Arts and Sciences, and I am running for para-representative for the PFT this coming election. Um, hi, my name is Sadidra Williams. I'm running for a middle school representative under the Working Educators Caucus. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently am a special education assistant at Greenfield Elementary School. So let's, before we dive really, really deep into things um let's let's set a, an understanding of what is a paraprofessional Ooh. okay um i would say paraprofessionals <laughs> is like a a big umbrella um and under that umbrella you have ssas you have a sped assistance um, like leah and i you have a librarian assistance you have bilingual counseling assistance um, community organ, uh, community uh, liaisons, community liaisons. So it's a list, um, but they just group us all together mm. under this umbrella as paraprofessionals. And I mean, it's basically the bones of the yeah, we're that yeah. little nut, we're yeah. that nut that holds everything together. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not even the little nut, like every little detail, because that's that's a lot. I mean, yeah, that is, that's a lot that falls under that umbrella. Does that make sense? As as all of these different professions and, and focuses on, I know that's not necessarily what we, we're going to talk about, but as I, I think about as all of those different uh, job descriptions 
fall under the role of paraprofessional, does lumping everything together start to overshadow one profession over the other? I would agree. There are almost 3,000 sped up paraprofessionals in the PFT currently. We have 13,000 members, so paraprofessionals make up almost 10% of the union. Grouping us all together, I do agree it can you you forget some some other positions such as the BCAs or the librarian assistants. Right. Um, I don't know if you know. I believe there's only seven librarians in the district right now. Yeah, that's Wait. they're trying to Wait, you know oh, organize. Hold on, and, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, seven librarians in the entire school district. Oh yes, yeah. especially with charter schools and even not with charter schools. They've been closing libraries down. Like, there was no library in my school, but there were still books around. What they did was they took out all of those books, and they put them in a book room, and they just threw them in the trash after I stole a couple of them. (laughs) I liberated the books for my classroom. (laughs) And so they turned that room into a STEM lab. But if you look even at the charter schools, like I used to work at Mastery, Mm -hmm. and the first thing they do is they remove the library. So there are no libraries left in any of the schools, really. Yeah, and it's hurting the students. It's, yeah. you know, the parents are, you know, outraged because of this. Um, so now uh, I saw an article recently saying that the certified librarians that are left in the district are trying to organize to get bring attention to this matter and to, I guess, uh, revise the, the libraries in the district and hopefully schools can, you know, begin to have libraries again. But it's going to be, a, a, I would say, a long, long road. Um, yeah. Like like we, like I said earlier, some positions under the para umbrella are overshadowed, and that's just one example. And now paras are starting to, you know, sped assistance and BCAs, and we're like, you know, we're not invisible, you know. Maybe you grouped us all together, but we each individually have a voice, and we're going to speak on that now. Yeah. So it's been a lot of organizing with the different roles under the paraprofessional umbrella and the thing about that is is that a lot of us did not know that we were all under the same umbrella so we had i call it little bubbles so you had your sped assistance was one bubble you had your asl interpreters was another bubble and you had like your bcas were another bubble and you did not know that you were all a part of the same group Mm-hmm. unless you looked at the back in the contract. Like, there are BCAs floating around in my school, Like, but I did not know until I started working with the working educators that they were a mm-hmm. part of paras because we don't get to talk to each other. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and, and you don't get to highlight some of the biggest concerns that they have. I, I, I get the sense of, you know, there's power in solidarity, mm-hmm. but then when you don't know each other exists, you don't really have that power. Right. Yeah, and before the working educators, nobody was really talking to the parents. Nobody, you know, was trying to hear what their concerns were. So I appreciate being a part of a caucus that tried to hear out every member. I mean, you know, I love the teachers. You know, I thank them for everything that they do. But there's, you know, more than just teachers that's inside of a building. Absolutely. You have the secretaries. You have the counselors. You have the OTs, the PTs, and, you know, the assistants, BCAs. It's so many people. So... Now we, you know, want to bring that to the forefront and say, hey, 
out of these 13,000 members, there are so many different roles that play a part in, you know, keeping the school afloat and, you know, helping the students out each and every day. And we want to bring attention to that and find out what are these members' needs and these groups' needs and try to, you know, get that, solve that, help them, you know, things of that nature. What, how do you feel about the school district of Philadelphia as a whole? As an employee or as, as a parent? You can answer that however you like. <laughs> As a whole, we are failing. They are failing. They are robbing us and our children. It's like they don't care that our babies are here and they have no, they think they have no value. They may say they have value, but they don't feel that we have value because I look as an employee, I remember going into a basement one day and just pulling out books that they had just thrown away that could have been used because they switched to a different curriculum. I've been in classroom with really smart kids, but they don't think they're smart. Mm. And I'm talking, these are the toughest boys ever. And they're crying over the PSSAs because they don't understand it. We are failing these kids. And I feel that we're people are so into money and test scores that we're not looking deep enough and trying to help these. Like They don't understand that helping the our babies is going to help us bring money. It's going to help bring talent. But we're so focused on the other, you know, more profitable spaces that we don't care. And I want to go back to when I was a kid. Like, okay, the 80s is a little rough. I admit it. But you had libraries. You had class trips like my son, who's now 22. I think he went on five trips. His entire school, like... The entire time he was in public school, I think he went on five or six trips. Mm. I remember as a kid, Franklin Institute, Natural History Museum, the Art Museum. I remember going repeatedly. I, I lived in the Franklin Institute I, when I was going to school. Yes. Like, I was there almost every school year. Yes. Yeah. And it's like it was opportunities to learn mm. and learn outside the classroom. It was just not, okay, this is how you answer the questions on the test. This is all you need to know the answers to the question test. We can't get money for the schools unless you can do well on the test. No, that's not mm. how it's supposed to work. We can't, we're not teaching these babies how to think. Sadidra? Currently, I feel like the school district could do better. I don't know if you guys know, but Dr. Hyde um, thought that he would renovate his, you know, nice little suite yes. and spend over six hundred thousand dollars, six hundred and four thousand dollars. Four. It was four. definitely, definitely more than half a million dollars that mm -hmm. he used. That could have been, like we was just talking about, used for libraries, used to hire, you know, more staff. You know, with the asbestos going on, um, you know, the school district really needs money to clean up these schools. In the eighties, there was a crisis about asbestos. Why is it in 2020 we're still talking about asbestos? They do, you know, patchwork, and I really think that they need to, you know, sit down and think about, like, how can we improve the schools, you know, for our students and, you know, for future generations. Uh, to me, is highly important. Um, and that's, again, why the Working Educators Caucus, uh, last year they had got over 2,000 signatures from different PFT members across the district for the healthy schools conditions. And City Hall, you know, they they basically gave we $150 million, and I, I gave you a flyer uh, in regards to that, yes. um, that would be used to help clean up the asbestos that is not enough but you know 
thank goodness for, you know, the Work Educators Caucus, I would say it's a pretty good start. Tell me how you both feel about this. So I was just reading an article from Forbes, and it talked about how the city of Philadelphia, uh, the school district of Philadelphia, has a shortfall of 304 million dollars that could potentially close more schools because we've already closed i think it was what like 23 Mm -hmm. or something like that lay off thousands of workers teachers cut resources and programs and all everything that comes with not be having 304 million dollars at the same time the state is building a uh prison for $400 million. I heard about that. I heard about this. Oh, I love this. Go ahead, Leah. Okay, so (laughs) this is a fun thing. My mama used to work for the Philadelphia prison system. And what she said was the Philadelphia prison system was the only city organization that turned a profit. Yeah. So that's kind of funny, considering how horrible our schools are. And there's money out there. Okay, so this is what I found out. The school district is owed money. All we got to do is ask for it. Owed money from who? We're owed money from universities. It's called the Pilots Program. Yeah, didn't know this existed. It's payment in lieu of taxes. All they got to do is go ask for their money, and we would have it. Also, the PPA owes the school district money. All they got to do is go ask for it. Say, give me my money, just like Sally Mae calls you and asks you for your student loan money. Listen, they take the money out of my check every time I get paid. They ain't even asking anymore. They just taking it. They be like, you know what? You're not answering us, so we're just going to take it from you. Yeah, so the money is out there. It is up to us to ask for it. Like, I didn't know about tax abatements. Hmm. I I call it Tempolonia. I watched them as a kid move up Montgomery Avenue. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I lived at 19th and Montgomery on Uber Street. So I watched them build all of that up. So you're telling me that they have money to build all of this up, but they can't help us schools? Right. You you would want children from your neighborhood schools to come to your university and say, look, Philly's got a great education system. Look where we're pulling from. But there's no money because they're not giving it up. At the same time, this is another fact of that. At the same time, the state over the last few uh, budget cycles has had a surplus mm-hmm. upwards of over $200 million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I personally have a problem with um, the school to prison pipeline situation. $400 million to build a prison um, when it's only three hundred plus million dollars to, you know, make sure our schools are fully staffed. I feel like the district is saying, I don't care if these children, you know, go to jail. I don't care if they go to prison. Um, They're not investing in the future of our children. They're investing in their own pockets and greed and offices that cost over half a million dollars. So, yeah. There's a direct profit margin to not funding education because those individuals end up right into the prison system Mm -hmm. and you're funding Mm -hmm. you're funding you're funding that directly essentially yes because if it's cheap labor it's like these people inmates are happy to a get out of their cell b make a little money off a commissary for a commissary but you also have on the other and you have companies that can make it so they can have somebody do call center and only pay them 15 cents an hour versus somebody as in a call center in the office that you got to pay them at least $12 an hour. I tell everyone to watch um, to watch Ava uh, the 13th. It's really, yeah. really informative. Um, it talks so much about um, 
how the federal, you know, our federal justice system just, you know, doesn't care about our children. Now that I'm working with the Working Educators Caucus, you know, I see now how the district plays a role in that as well. So how, yeah. how is that relationship with the Working Educators Caucus? We created uh, something called Hashtag Pair of Power. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would say it really helped to bring paras across the district together to talk about the main issues and concerns that's going on in each school. Um, after paras, you know, talked and organized, uh, we came up with the Pair of Power Manifesto, and, and and that is a list of things we feel like should be enforced in the contract because it's probably it's in the contract but it's not being enforced, and also things that's not in the contract um, that we really feel needs to be in there and also enforced. So you gave me that uh, Parapower Manifesto. Um, this is why we fight a fair living wage, be actively included on building committees and their meetings, real professional development, and relevant trainings that pertain to the work they actually do, more pathways to certification as teachers and counselors, more respect and better job conditions in our school. It's kind of sad that it is 2020 and like this, this has to be, I mean, this is basically just, yeah. this is so simple. Like this is yeah. so simple in, in a sense of like as a professional, as someone who's taking care of of the next generation and is trying to, to build a stronger community, you mm-hmm. have to ask to be respected on your job. I feel like it's it's like a hierarchy sometimes. It is a hierarchy. In the schools. I When I work with a student, I tell them, you know, to treat the janitor as if he was the president. Hmm. Because I worked with a principal and many people that started, you know, as an assistant. And, you know, they made their way up all the way to working at, you know, 440. So you never know who you may be talking to. So like I said, it's like a hierarchy. So parents aren't really respected in the district. Um, some people believe maybe it's because you only it's only required that you have a high school diploma. Mm. You know, some people have that feelings because it's mostly black and brown, you know, minority and women. people, you know, and it's mostly women. So it's like uh, when you think about women, when you think about black and brown people, you know, when you just think of that aspect, that group, my group is not uh, isn't already respected. So then when you work in a school with people that may have like, you know, doctors or masters and, you know, things like that, sometimes you're just they're, they just look down. I don't know why, but I listed a couple of theories on why maybe why they do it. Um, and Para Power is hoping to change that mindset like we're important. We, you know, a lot of a lot of parents in the district have higher education. You know, they maybe had to stop going to school because they couldn't no longer afford the courses. And the the district provides tuition reimbursement, but it's not nearly enough. It's you know, and, and then if you $50. look at fifty dollars per credit, $50. so a class is approximately you you get approximately one hundred and fifty dollars a class, and that's nothing. That's like and then you think about our salaries. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we're trying to you know, bring this to the forefront, like, hey, we need to be respected. You know, we take our job serious. I love my job. And, you know, some people all, you know, say, well, if you, you know, if you're not making enough money, if you feel like you're not being respected, why won't you just find a new job? Yeah, find a new job. And well, it's 
like, become a teacher. Like, yeah, yeah. In the 80s, you know, teachers had to strike to get paid, you know, livable wages. A lot of teachers back in the 80s and 90s had, like, two jobs. My When I was in high school, um, shout out to engineering and science. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, my high school teacher, she had, um, she was a waitress, you know, when SEPTA, SEPTA, I would say SEPTA have really good benefits and, you know, good, good, good salaries. But when they're not making enough money, they're, they're shutting a whole city down. You know, I remember it was one time I couldn't go to work because the buses wasn't running because they were on strike, you know, and we have 13,000 members. We had like, I believe 21, 22, it shrunk by 40%. Um, we need to start using our members and using, you know, Para is just a, you know a small part of the thirteen thousand mm -hmm. to bring attention to you know problems like this like respect and you know um, to which higher tuition reimbursement and you know things of, like that. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize how much paras do. Yeah, para. Okay, so if you look at it from a child's point of view, teachers it's like teachers are up here. They're in part your grades. They call your mama, mm -hmm. all of them, and then you have your paras and your climate staff. A lot of students will go to a para first. Paras are the ones where all of the information was going on in somebody's house. And a lot of times we don't get that respect. Or some teachers will go, mm, okay, honey, mm -hmm. sure. You know, and we're just asking for a little, a lot of respect. Like, unless you work with a para, you don't know how important they are. Yeah, I see that. I see that all the time. And uh, to piggyback off Aaliyah, paras are in the communities where most of these students live, whereas, you know, the psychologists, and I'm not, you know, teachers downing them or, you know, anything like that because they have a, they have a right to live wherever they want to live. But paras are in the communities with the students that's in these urban, you know, schools, you know, that does that don't have a lot of funding and, and like Leah said, sometimes the students will come go to the pairs first because, you know, they can just relate. You mentioned that the workforce of paras mm -hmm. is is shrinking. Is that due to people leaving the job because of the conditions or is that due to budget cuts? Both. Okay. So here's story time. I started working in the district in about two thousand five, two thousand six. Okay. And I was an SSA. Now SSAs make they work either three to four hours. So three to four hours, you're only bringing home $245 every two weeks. Say that, say that again. $245 every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So when the school district and the SRC, when all that mess came and they canceled the contract, the first thing they did was they laid off everybody under 10 years. So a lot of your SSAs got cut and they froze the pay. And so your SSAs, your Limas, all your parents got cut. I know BCAs that were working 95, 96, even 10 years, they got cut. They were all laid off. And then after like a couple years later, maybe five or three or four years later, they start rehiring, but it was still at the same rate. Hmm. Now, if you're working in a classroom, you're dealing with a lot more stuff. You're as a parent, as a classroom assistant or a sped assistant or one-to-one, -one, you're being hit, kicked punch mm. bit you're changing pampers you're changing feeding tubes but you're still getting the same pay wow so ssas really don't have to deal with that but if you're like a classroom assistant or a sped assistant and you're doing a multiple discipline disciplinary room or e or ed you start off making about 14 grand 
Yeah. That's it. You go from 14 to 30 and it stops. I can make that as a cashier. Yeah. Yeah. In, I made that much at Kmart before. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. It's, it's really sad. Really. Wow. Yeah. And these are the individuals that are in place to help cultivate minds and usher them through the education process. And they're being paid 14000 a year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people will say, well, um, it's because we had that pay freeze. No, it's not the pay freeze. What it is, people did not think that paras are important. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Even our own leadership did not think that paras were important. It's oh, it's a teachers union. It's a teachers union. What if paras stop working? Let, let, I mean, let me ask you: What does it make sense that you guys would not be a part of the teachers union? It, I would say, it, it makes sense that we should be in the PFT. Um, we're in the classrooms. There's been times where substitute teachers would come in and they would 100% rely on the one-to-ones classroom classroom assistance. Um, they it would be times where, like me myself, I do data, I do the star program with my student. Um, you know, I do a lot of things that the teacher does. No, I don't do everything that the teacher do, um, but I do do a lot. Um, I teach them basically and. The work educators name themselves the educators as far as I know. Um, it's because an educator is not just a teacher. An educator can be a tutor. Um, it's, it's anyone that's mentoring or, you know, just educating someone. Just simply put, just educating someone. It's just not specifically a teacher. So paras absolutely should be in the PFT. Absolutely. Well, I it, they should, but there are other districts around the country where paras are part of themselves as a different bargaining union. As paras being a part of the PFT is like power in numbers mm. because we should be able to push for more because we're part of a greater union. If we were separate from them, it'd be a little bit more difficult, and I would feel like it'd be like David and Goliath, which this time Goliath would, may have won, or we were then very broke up as a group. So as part of the PFT, we're David and Goliath, but we're the rock yeah. that hits in the middle of the forehead. So it's good for us to be a part of the PFT because we can make our voices heard and yell enough. It's enough of us where we can make a difference. I feel that if we were separate, it would be a whole different story. It's funny, though, that um, all over the country, they're doing Black Lives Matter Week, but the school district and our own union will not endorse it at all. Really? And the Racial Justice Committee on the Working Caucus are the one that put it together and started going with people, like collaborating with it, and they refused both the district and the PFT leadership refuses to acknowledge it or even implement it. Why Why do you think that is? Comfortable. Mm-hmm. Don't want to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. And there's lesson plans made up, uh, curriculums for, you know, to teach the students to implement it into the classroom. But like Leah said, the district just doesn't want to implement it in the district. I don't, we don't know why. But we're hoping that, you know, we can persuade them um, with, different um different uh we're, we're hoping that we can persuade them to uh implement it um in the school so hopefully just they'll do it soon we keep talking to them keep going to the action meetings keep going down to 440 mm-hmm. uh, we talk to the parents let the parents know mm-hmm. the the parents you know they support it so now it's just trying to get the district on board as well yeah mm-hmm. this always what about the test scores what's going to happen with the test scores it's all about the test scores and it's like our children need to see this 
right. and know this. And I call it the Fab Five. They need to know more than just the Fab Five. They're not even teaching the Fab Five. Mm-hmm. What's the What's the Fab Five? Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Harriet Tubman. I call them the Fab Five. Yeah. You know, when I remember when I was going to school during Black History Month, you mm-hmm. learn Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, and slavery, but you didn't know like the Deacons of Defense. You didn't know about Black Panthers. I mean, right. Black Lives Matter is teaching our children that is more to us than slavery. Mm. It's a different way to do things and how to become a community because we're so used to being broken apart. Does, does the district ever like say anything tangible that is like, well, why they can't or why they're thinking about it? Or like, do they say anything that you can like, a specific thing you can tie them to as to why or why not? Nope. Mm-mm. No, not unfortunately. A, no, it's it's like, oh, Black Lives Matter, be how cute. Bye bye. Okay, we're gonna go over here now. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. That's that's interesting because for a district that is predominantly black, you you would want as much information out there as possible, and it's not necessarily saying that you are aligning yourself with one party or the other or one idea set or the other. It's just this is what's out there. This is the information. This is the history, especially in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. where a lot of this. Happen. Shit yeah. happened. It happened. <laughs> you yes. Know? Yes. Like you would want to be able to get that information out there as much as possible as educators. Mm-hmm. No, they all they do is they keep going back to the textbooks. They keep going back to okay. Well, here's the PSSA. Mm-hmm. How does this align with the PSSAs? We need our test scores to go up. We're like, well, if you teach them their history, you can align all of that together. But it's like, nope. Here's the book for it. This is what you want you to do. Here are the core standards. That's it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Hmm. You're looking for individuals to support your cause. Mm-hmm. How yes. can, as a as a parent, as a you know fellow paraprofessional, or as maybe I don't, I'm not a parent. Maybe I'm just a, I'm just a dude with a job. How can, how important is it that you get that support from those individuals that are not in the profession? But then also, where can they go to support? I would say it is very important. Um, a lot of parents. Um, support the Work Educators Caucus. Um, just at McClure, there was a rally and a protest outside where, you know, parents showed up. If you think about the action meetings um, at 440, I see, when I go down there, I see a lot of parents, you know, supporting the staff, supporting the parents, the teachers, you know, trying to uh, raise attention to the the building conditions in the district. We have um happy hour events where we get to meet different communities so we try to you know spread it out uh you know because philadelphia you know is so many different you know type of people race you know religion um so we hit the northeast we hit west philly south philly center city to try to talk to the parents and the people in that community we try to support local businesses um and local businesses support us um because they believe in what we're doing just recently we had chef millie at the para power pet rally Mm -hmm. and he was there you know to support us and he believe in paris and understand the importance of paris so you know things like happy hours and going to action means at 440 and testifying in front of dr height and having a parent support and you know being in a community um that's what really you know helps and drive we you know to keep fighting i would say we would also like for parents and people in the community follows us on social media so there's uh, the Caucus of We through Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, there's the Racial Justice Committee, all three. Black Lives Matter at school, that is on Instagram. Parapower is on Facebook. And 
was it we para powers on instagram so follow and share mm-hmm. and talk to people talk to hey look we're trying to make sure our schools are better why is it good, important for our schools to be better? It's important for our schools to be get better because it's important for our community. It's important to build our community. You got, we got to help our teachers and our, especially our parents because they live in our community. They see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just get the word out and mm-hmm. come out and join us. Thank you, ladies. I, I, I enjoyed this conversation. I, I think we got a lot of information out there so that people can find we'll we'll share all your links and everything in the the body of this uh, podcast but thank you thank, thank you, you thank for, you. for stopping by Lee thank and Sadidra. you thank Appreciate you. you thank you for having me and I, I just want to say one thing I, mm-hmm. I really like I said working educators is um, trying to build a union that's from the bottom up where we have high participation from our members members feel more engaged we want open negotiations we want to make sure that every member feels important and feel heard um, we want to talk to as many people as we can as we schedule meet the slates to talk to uh, different educators at the schools across the district so um, we're fighting for healthy school conditions we're fighting for higher wages, smarter class sizes. Um, we work closely with CTU, the Chicago Teachers Union, um, and, you know, parents over there received a 40% raise. We're trying to get with Baltimore, L.A., you know, and Chicago, what they want to get it in Philadelphia so that Philadelphia parents could possibly have 40, you know, 40% raise and schools can be in, you know, better conditions and, you a know, people wage. can feel more respected and feel more engaged and involved in their union. And I feel like when people feel a part of the union, people fight, you know, and appreciate their union, you know, a little bit more. So thank you so thank much. Thank you. Very well said. You. Appreciate you, ladies. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Once again, I want to thank Leah and Sadidra for joining me on the podcast, breaking it down for our listeners, what paraprofessionals do, who they are, and why they are demanding representation and equal rights in the workforce, essentially. Because as I said, they are just as important as teachers to cultivating young minds. And I I, I think this lends itself to a larger conversation that we keep going back to about reforming our education system, how we treat the, the institution and the expectations and the learning process and the things we set up in the classroom for the students as well. I think our education system is completely broken, outdated, and needs to be completely overhauled or thrown away and start from scratch. Um, we really need to have more conversations about how we do that, what that means, if we expect our communities to be prepared for the future and really prepare to be out on their own and support themselves and their families. Thank you again, as always, for tuning in. If you have opinions on how we reform education and what it means for your community, feel free to email me at realtalk at Salas Corner is recorded out of Rec Philly. It is a space for creative individuals. It is produced by producer extraordinaire Bree Wilson and features music by Delgado. For more of my work, please visit salascorner.com. And until next time, peace, y'all.